0: want to go to the book of Romans <laughs> I'm not uh, trying to pull a elder ward here but, uh. well anyway Romans chapter 11 Romans chapter 11, and we'll begin in verse 1. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid, or let it not be. Is he talking about the Jewish nation here? Uh, You preterists ought to read that every now and then. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of... Well, that kind of nails that down, doesn't it? I'm also an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What, or know ye not what the scripture saith of Elijah, Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? Here's the answer of God: I have reserved to myself. 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant, according to the election of grace, and if by grace, then is it no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more grace? Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Stop right there. I'm asking a question in this message. Are we alone? All right, we'll see you. Now, Elijah is referred to by Paul here in Romans. That tells you a lot of things. Paul believed that uh, 1 Kings was the inspired word of God. Amen. <laughs> Paul believed that Elijah was... An historical individual in space, time, and history. For he referred to Elijah as if he was actually Elijah and actually involved in the work that he says he was in. The Bible says he was in. So uh, Elijah was in the 9th century B.C., Well, 800 to 900 B.C., well, that's a long time ago. It was a long time before Paul. It's even a lot longer now. That's almost 3,000 years ago. My goodness, and Paul acts like it was yesterday. And I reckon we can too, because it was like yesterday. Because it actually occurred, and it's actually recorded by the Holy Spirit of God, and so let's just go over there. First Kings nineteen. Brother Tim's been in Kings and Chronicles, uh, Samuel, Kings and Chronicles. First Kings nineteen. Look at verse 18. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. Well, that's what Paul said that God answered. And it's just exactly like he said. Oh, that Bible's been translated so many times. Well, we've got it right here. It's just word for word. It's all just like he says. Let's back up here and see what happened here. Look at verse (coughs) 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal withal, how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Well, that's on chapter 18 on Mount Carmel, and those were false prophets, prophets of Baal. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me. Notice that little G. Talking about the heathen gods that are no gods. And more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time. What what she says you're going to be in a grave just like they're in the grave tomorrow at this time. Well, now, here we're talking about a queen, uh, and her king uh, did what she said. She's pretty powerful. So now she's done put a hit out on Elijah. Well, and when he saw that, he arose, that is Elijah, and went for his life. Run for his life. And came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, Reckney told the servant, well, that, she's not after you. She's after me. I'm going. And he requested for himself that he might die. Well, that don't make sense. He's running because she's put a hit out on him. She's going to kill him. Now he's praying to God that he might die. And said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake, bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. Well, he doesn't look like he wants to die too bad. <laughs> And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat, or that food, meat means food, 40 days and 40 nights into Horeb, the Mount of God. That's a pretty good, pretty good trip by foot. And he came thither or there unto a cave. When he was under a juniper tree, now he's in a cave. And he lodged there. Stayed in that cave. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. You're trying to inform God of what you've been doing? We sometimes do like that. Lord, but you can't guess what happened. (laughs) he said for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant you think God didn't know that thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword and I even I only Am left. I'm the only one. And now they seek my life to take it away. What well, you do too? Sound like you, he did too, didn't it? And he said, "Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord." And behold, the Lord passed by, in a great and strong wind rent rent the mountains. I shook them down. Pretty good wind, wasn't it? And break in pieces of rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Now that strong wind was sent by God. Amen. That earthquake was sent by God. Would that give you a little indicator into where that stuff comes from? Amen. Okay. And after the earthquake, a fire. And I don't know what all was burning. But I know God's capable of sending a fire on about anything. Uh, But the Lord was not in the fire. (laughs) Strong wind, earthquake, and a fire. You looking for some big way for God to speak. Well, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What dost thou here, Elijah? He'd been looking for a voice in the wind and the earthquake and the fire. Now you're just a still small voice. There's God speaking to him. Now here goes old Elijah again he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. Because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and now they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, and Abel-Meholas, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was ploughing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him, and cast his mantle upon him. Mantle is robe. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah, and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. May the Lord add his blessings of his word in Romans and in 1 Kings. Elijah had made a great stand. No one can slight what Elijah did back in chapter 18 on Mount Carmel. He stood before those about a 1,000 of false prophets and all the people of Israel, and he challenged them all. And God revealed Himself and sent fire from heaven and devoured yeah. the flooded rocks altar that that, that uh, Elijah had built. Even there, he built that according to the pattern, brother. Uh, when you build an altar to God, you got to you're going to worship God. You got to do it according to His word. You got to do it according to His word. Can't do it according to your word. Uh, a lot of these folks say, well, I'll just do it my way. And that's why you've got this, that, this, that, and that, and other, and they're doing it their way. You can't do it their way. They say, well, you ought to think you're the best. No, we don't. We've studied the scripture, and we know what God says, and we're going to stick with what God says, and we're really not too concerned about what man says. Amen. Paul said, if you're going to be the servant of Jesus... You have to please him. You can't be the pleaser of men, else you can't please God. Now, so that's where we are. We don't think that we know everything. We don't think that we are the best of anything. We know what God says, and we are attempting to worship him according to his word. So Elijah made a fantastic stand. He, he, he really did. I don't know any, anybody else that could beat him at that, what he did. I've never made a stand like that. I've made a few stands, but nothing like that. But then he has a pity party and invites everybody to it, especially the Lord. Lord, won't you come down here to my pity party and pity me? I'm so abused and misused, misunderstood, unappreciated, (laughs) all the above. Well, we've all done this somewhat. But Elijah does it after he is immediately... After he has made such a gigantic stand for the Lord. Well, as if we're the only ones in this. Produ- I hear it a lot. How do these churches get all these big people and all this money and all this clout and all that stuff? Because they do it their way. Because they. Give in to what the people want rather than what God commands. (coughs) (coughs) Then I hear him say, well, you just can't preach that kind of stuff here. Really? This is God's word from Genesis to Revelation. Now exactly which part of it are you not free to preach to God's people? I say if you're a church of the Lord, there's not a word in here you can't preach and teach. And it all ought to be preached and taught. So, but I'll be be rejected. They just won't like me. They don't like me. (laughs) They don't listen to me. They don't like me. (laughs) I'm the only one. That's what Elijah did. Well, God, don't you know what's been happening here in Israel? What, he had told him twice? <laughs> but I did observe that God didn't remark on it. God didn't answer. Just like God didn't answer Job. <laughs> About why Job suffered. Never said a word about it. <laughs> it was—I mean—it was uppermost in Job's mind for a, what a year, or better. I mean that's all. It, pretty much all he thought about. Now, I don't blame him. I mean he was—he was suffering. He was in a bad way. Don't you think God knows about? It? Don't you think God has compassion on me? You know, surely God would have compassion on me for suffering like this. And yet, when God spoke, He didn't even mention it. <laughs> well, what kind of God is this? Sovereign. Amen. That's just like you know, uh, whatever we we do, you know, we just we won't we won't pity, we won't pity. Feel sorry for me, would you? Would you please feel sorry for me? I don't know what kind of refreshments you serve at a pity party. Do you? I don't know. <laughs> do you have pizza at a pity party? I don't know. <laughs> what do you have at a pity party? Well, Elijah's having one, and he ain't feeding nobody, but God feeds him. Amen. Well, he says, "Lord, I'm going to inform you of what your people have been doing." The nation of Israel, I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you, because obviously you don't know. What if you're informing God and you must think He doesn't know? Well, we know that God is omnipotent. He has all power. Amen. We know He is omniscient. He knows everything. There's nothing that God doesn't know. And he is omnipresent. (laughs) There's nothing he hadn't seen. (laughs) At any time. Since he spake and it was done. Since he spake this universe into existence. He's been there. He's seen it all. He's been there. He knows it. Why am I telling him what's happening? Why is Elijah telling him what's happening? Don't you know that your people... Have forsaken your covenant? Probably the covenant of the law is what he means here. Yeah. Well, that goes back to at least to Genesis or to Exodus 20, yeah. the Ten Commandments when Moses brought the law. That would be the covenant of the law. Thou shalt have no other gods before thee. Uh, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Well, he says now, in verse 10, the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. They've thrown down thine altars. They have now turned to idols. Well, the covenant of God said, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything. Now, and they worshiped other gods. And sadly enough, that's been a repetitive thing with the people of God. In Sunday school, talking about Solomon. What a great man he was. The Queen of Sheba came to see him and she said the half has not been told of what Solomon is and God has given him wisdom he has more wisdom 3000 proverbs and songs and and all of the stuff But he built High places, offering worship places to. Chemosh. And the other heathen gods. I wouldn't even want want one of them to walk in around me. And Solomon built, built altars to them. Because he, he married a bunch of women. You talk about marrying out of the faith. <laughs> I don't guess there was ever any man that ever married out of the faith like Solomon did. And he did it a thousand times, didn't he? Well, between his wives and concubines, <laughs> he did it over and over and over and over and over. And it finally got him, turned his heart. Well, the children of Israel did the same thing before Solomon. Can you believe that while Moses has gone into the mountain to get get the law from God, there's the children of Israel and Aaron, Miriam. They build a golden calf. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not make any image, any likeness of anything in heaven above. Okay, if that's below. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when Moses comes down from the mountain, what's he see the children of Israel doing who have just come from bondage, hard bondage, all the 10 plagues that they saw and all the death of the firstborn And they're coming through the Red Sea, dry, shod. The waters of Mara, poison. And they're healed. They got fresh water. And now they're before Mount Sinai. And there's Moses. Now they say, when the the cat's away, the mice will play. And the cat Moses went into the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And when he comes back, there they have. Well, you know they had. Goldsmiths with them. That's how they got the tabernacle later on. But they first built a golden cave. And those ridiculous people, they know that it's Jehovah God that brought them up out of Egypt. Amen. They know that. But now they're doing the boogaloo, dancing around that golden cave. And saying, Here's who brought us out of bondage. Attributing the works of God to an idol. Right. And Elijah says, They've done it again, Lord. Well. <laughs> <laughs> There was a time, I remember it, when I was a kid, and my early in my ministry, we had lots of churches around this area that we fellowshiped together. And now I see there's just a handful, few and far between, and some of them that we used to fellowship with, they're involved in. Far as I'm concerned they're involved in idolatry mm-hmm. they're turned just, just like this bunch turned same thing same God on the same throne if you love me keep my commandments didn't we Amen. read that this morning Amen. or just while ago Resist. yeah mm-hmm. if you love me keep my commandments what well, if you ain't keeping his words you ain't loving him Amen. well So I'd say we're right in the boat of Elijah, at least at this point. And then he says, they've they've thrown down your altars. Uh, They've tried to abolish his truth. Even tried to put it out of memory. I just put an excerpt from the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message of the Southern Baptist Convention. There's a couple points of heresy on that thing. I could not believe that anybody would ever sign that, that had ever been taught an ounce of truth. But they've all signed it. Now you've got churches lined up. They don't preach doctrines of grace. They don't preach that Jesus Christ founded his church in his public ministry while he was here on earth and promised perpetuity to it. They don't preach that. There was a time they used to. They don't preach that baptism must be four points. Proper subject, proper mode, proper design, and proper authority. They don't preach, they've thrown that all to the winds. They say, Well, if it's if it suits you, it suits us. They've taken the Lord's Supper and made it a, a community practice rather than a memorial for God's people in his churches to remember his body and his blood. They've opened it up for everybody. Oh, this is the thing for everybody to have fellowship with. No, it doesn't. No, it did isn't. These are God's commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. These are commandments. So we're kind of in the same boat as Elijah, aren't we? And then he said he slain his prophets. Now, Now, they haven't slain any of us around here for a while. Uh, I'll show this in the trail of blood, but y'all may not know, some of you may not know this. There have been Baptist believers, Baptist people slaughtered in America. I've got the proof of it. There's no question. I can name who did it. Menendez was his name that did it. Almost 600 people hacked to death at St. Augustine, Florida. They had run from Europe to escape to try to have the American dream. Liberty, freedom, liberty, religious liberty. Not a big house. Religious liberty is American dream. They all turned it into a big house and a big car. That never was the American dream. The American dream was freedom, liberty of conscience, liberty to serve the Lord according to the word of God. But now everybody just says all that other stuff. It would behoove us all to get back in the word and we speak as of the oracles of God. But he says... Slain his prophets. Now, from the days of John the Baptist, his prophets have been being slain, burned at the stake, drowned, skinned alive, everything you can possibly imagine, and then some that you can't imagine, and I'll show most of that during the trail of blood. Yes, they hate the prophets. I mean, they try to shut us all up. I've gone in Facebook jail several times. What I preach can be called hate speech by many people. It's just the word of God. Anybody ever show me anything I've ever preached that wasn't according to the word of God? I'd like to hear it. Never been accused of that. Never been accused of it. Don't want to be accused of anything else. I want to be accused of the truth. Yeah. You're guilty of preaching the truth. That's all right. I can handle that. Anyway, <coughs> literally millions of his preachers have been burned at the stake and all the other things. And it may be repeated right here, but at least today, true preachers. Are socially rejected. Anyway, we're very similar to Elijah. Amen. That's what's going on in our world. Are we alone? Elijah thought he was. Go back to Romans 11. <clears throat> Verse two God has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Now, remember this God foreknew them because he predestinated them. Amen. They didn't slip up on his blind side. God don't have a blind side. Know you not what the scripture saith of Elijah? How he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. That's exactly what Elijah said to God. He said it twice, I think. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. We just read in First Kings the answer there. God's answer He says, I'm not going to send back your invitation to the party with RSVP and all that stuff. Matter of fact, Elijah, I'm throwing that invitation to your pity party in the trash can. I'm not even going to acknowledge it. His answer, Elijah says, I am left alone. Elijah, here's what God said. I have reserved. <laughs> sound to me like he's in charge. <laughs> Wouldn't it sound to you like that? I have reserved <laughs> 7,000. Well, there's so many that they try to say, well, that 1,000 can mean anything. Well, it doesn't mean anything. A thousand means a thousand in Hebrew and it means a thousand in Greek. Now, that seven thousand might be symbolically used, could be, but that doesn't mean that the thousand doesn't mean thousand. But it, just in case it's literal, uh, have you ever thought about how many, how many independent, sovereign grace? Landmark Baptist preachers, you can count them. Start counting them that you know of across the country, from the east coast to west coast, north to south. Start counting sound Baptist preachers, even those in foreign mission fields. You might come up with uh, 150 Probably. Some worse than that. It wouldn't be a whole lot more than that. Do You realize. If it's just talking about prophets. How many 7,000 are. And even if it's talking about God's people. That's a bunch. (laughs) So. God doesn't join his pity party. He says matter of fact. Go back over there to 1 Kings. Uh matter of fact, Elijah, as you want me to do something for you. Here, here, here's, what, here's my answer to you. Verse 15 of chapter 19 of 1 Kings. The Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness. He ain't going to let him sit and enjoy his pity party. He said, go anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And then he says, and then go do Jehu, anoint him, the son of Nimshi, anoint him to be king over Israel. Anoint two kings. And then he says, uh, Elisha, the son of Shaphet. Of Abel, me whole eye. Shalt thou anoint. To be prophet in thy room. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that old song. That Tex Ritter had. Uh, I dreamed I went to hillbilly heaven. Anybody remember that? Oh, it was a good old song. I dreamed I went to hillbilly heaven. And then he just starts talking about all of the old. Carson, you know Robinson and uh, the old country music singers and all. Uh, Will, uh, you know the what's his name from Oklahoma. Anyway, all those old ones, and the music's playing in the background, and as you're reading these various names, and you know you're just kind of reminiscing about all those old, Will Rogers is what I was trying to think of. And uh, then he, he reads some Tex Ritter, Mwah. Then the music wah, Tex Ritter, that's him. And he said, and that's where I woke up. <laughs> Elijah's gonna do the same thing. Uh, you got something to do here, boy. He said, you about done. Yeah. You got to go appoint your successor. (laughs) You got to go appoint the prophet to replace you. (laughs) Man, I thought the Lord, he said, I I didn't think the Lord would get along without me. I reckon he can. Anyway, (laughs) he doesn't join in his pity party. He says, you go do all this, and then you got the Hazael, the Syrian, and Uh, Jehu, the northern Israel, and uh, Elisha, your replacement. Now, he's got 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. I think you could preach this in any age. Look at uh, Matthew 22 real quick. the last of this parable, Matthew twenty two fourteen. 14. Matthew 22, 14. For many are called, <laughs> but few, chose, few are chosen. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think these Armenians, and I don't think these big revivalists ever thought about this. Was that verse true when Jesus uttered it? During his public ministries, when that was, towards the middle of the late time of his ministry, many called and fewer chosen. Well, hm. My goodness. Look at First Corinthians, the first chapter. Verse twenty-six. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. I think that goes right along with that Matthew 22, 14. Many called... But few chosen. He says not many. Mighty not many noble. One of the old English queens. That was saved woman. She said she was just real grateful. That Paul didn't say not any. Noble. Just said not many. Not any. Didn't say that. Anyway. You look back at the ark of Noah. First Peter. Now. The Apostle Peter, in the New Testament era, he refers back to the Ark of Noah. Well, that tells you that Peter believed that uh, the book of Genesis is true. It's historically true and accurate. It would tell you that he believed that Noah was a real... Some people right now uh, question whether Noah ever really lived or not. The Apostle Peter didn't question that at all. Jesus didn't question that at all. He said, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Uh, these fellows, re- they referred to those Old Testament folks just as if they were right here with them. Is that real? Well, that's true. Now, you had no telling how many people in the world during the days of Noah. I mean, there could have been a billion or better. He, at least hundreds of millions. And out of all those people, how many survived the flood? Eight individuals. So what I'm saying is, when well, Elijah said, "I'm alone," well, he wasn't alone, but he wasn't in the largest population. We never have been. God's people never have been. He said, I've reserved 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. And like I said, in Hebrew and Greek, 1,000 means a 1,000. But 7,000 is a lot. You mean to tell me there's 7,000 people that determined on their own they're going to serve the No. We read Revelation or Romans 11, and he says it's, uh, there is... A remnant. You know what a remnant is? You ladies do. You go to the fabric store, they got big bolts of cloth. Then they got the remnant rack. And that's just what's left of those big bolts. You can take them and make a patchwork quilt if you use the, the mine to. And a remnant. Well, the remnant ain't the big part, remnant's the remnant's a small part, but it's the real part. And the way it became a remnant was according to the election of grace. All right. Well, I don't know that we could locate 7,000 preachers who declare the whole counsel of God right now. I think that'd be a big task. I don't think we'd come up with near that many. So he must, be, he must include servants of the Lord. in that. Anyway. Elijah's got to ask a question. Where (laughs) will I find Elisha? Well, Elijah, I don't want you to go to the Bible theological seminary. (laughs) Because he might not do what you are doing. He might be like in Amos' day. He might be the king's priest. So where did he find Elisha? He had 12 yoke of oxen, and he was the 12th. I, I kind of undecided whether, was Elisha working 12 yoke of oxen in one hookup because of that last statement or is it 12 yokes, different ones, and he's operating one yoke? That's probably it. it take a whole lot of doing to yoke up 12 oxen. You know, you wouldn't know what you're doing there. I mean, anyway, whatever. Do you think Elijah got him? Do you think Elijah once said, Elisha, now here I am. I'm, I'm going to have to leave here. And I want you to be saved, and I want you to uh, be called to preach, and be called to profit, and be a prophet. And and I'm going to get you out here, and I'm going to talk you into doing this. Or did God have him prepared? No. Just how good did he have him prepared? (laughs) Good enough, he said, I'm done with this, I'm going to follow you, brother. I'm going to be with you, I'm going to get your... A double portion of your spirit, I'm going to stay with you. and he took his local oxen and he butchered them and cooked a big meal and fed everybody and then he followed Elijah and sure enough, when Elijah read to go the chariot of fi- horses and chariot of fire that came and took him away. And Elijah threw his mantle down to him. He got his, his mantle. And Elijah went up, never to die. He never died yet, I don't think. If he's going to be one of the two witnesses, he'll die. But anyway, and Elisha did exactly twice as many miracles as Elijah did. And when those kids, young men, they saw Elisha, Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head. What they said to him. I guess Elisha was bald headed. But what they were saying, you go up like you say Elijah went up. That's what they were saying. They were denying the word of God, denying the reality of the word of God. Now, I got one last question to ask you. Are we alone? No. God's got 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. God help us to stand in these last days and that we love the Lord and we keep His commandments.